All right, let's talk about the three pillars of technical rescue. So in my view, you only really need to know three skills to actually perform any technical rescue. Now, you need to know how to place those skills in a sequence to get the outcome that you want. But when you really boil it down to like what the actual skills are that you need, it's three things. One is you need to know how to create friction with the rope. And what I mean by that is you need to be able to create a way to be able to lower, create enough friction to lower a load or belay. So for me, that's a munter hitch. We need to know a way to block that friction that's releasable. So that's our mule hitch. And three, we need to be able to grab the rope, right? So that's a friction hitch. So munter hitch is pretty easy. Mule hitch is pretty easy. Friction hitch is also pretty easy, but more options. There's a lot of different friction hitches that we could use, some that are more appropriate for certain things than others, in my view. But that's essentially what we need to know, is those three skills. And remember that anything we're going to do with a rope system that you know that's going to be like some sort of intervention, rescue, whatever, it really comes down to taking the load off of one piece of the system and transferring it to another piece of the system. That's kind of when you really boil it down, that's what it is. So let's just for say, for example, you need to do a belay escape, right? Say you're belaying off your harness and you need to take the load off your harness and put it somewhere else onto an anchor. Well, one of the first things you need to do is secure the belay by tying it off, right? So it's releasable. There's your mule hitch. Another thing you need to do is grab that rope, that tensioned rope, so you can, with something like a friction hitch, that you can now tie that friction hitch to an anchor point and transfer the weight to that anchor point. But one thing that's really important in rescue scenarios is when we transfer loads, or in some situations, as we build a system with thinking about what may happen and, and building in some prevention or building in some cure rather um, into the system, say like an instructor blade repel that's releasable, you're building in a cure to a situation that you hope doesn't happen. Hopefully your prevention is good, but you've already built it in in case someone does get stuck in repel that you can fix that pretty easily or have more options. Is that the big thing is when we load systems in kind of a rescue scenario, we need to think about releasability, right? So how do we take that tensioned rope and be able to transfer that load to another system? And when you have a rope that's under tension, there's only three ways you can do that. One is you can have a system that's releasable, so now you can release that tension onto another system. That's the easiest way oftentimes because you're working with gravity. Two is you have to haul that rope up, haul that tension rope up to get the weight off and to get into something else, to get that rope untensioned. So you have, therefore you're creating a, a section of rope that's untensioned. Or three, you have to cut the rope. Now, all of those solutions have merit. The easiest one typically is to have a releasable system. Now we're working with gravity. 
Hauling is not always a bad solution sometimes, depending on the situation, but it's more physical. We have to work against gravity. Cutting the rope is actually probably a more viable tool than most of us tend to realize, but it's dangerous. Um, you have to do it very carefully because when you have ropes that are under tension, maybe multiple ropes, say you're hanging on a rope that's under tension and then you're going to cut another rope that's under tension. Ropes cut pretty dynamically when they're under tension. So it'd be really easy to cut a rope, kind of it cut more readily than you think. And then all of a sudden that knife flies out somewhere else and cuts another rope that's under tension. So a lot of times you'll see people who are really, you know, on a SAR team, like they'll carry trauma shears or a knife that's specifically designed for cutting rope, like a hooked knife. So you have less hazard with cutting multiple ropes when you're trying to cut a tension rope. But it is a totally viable scenario um, situation because like sometimes if someone's fallen and they're not welded shut, right, are you going to spend 20 minutes trying to untie their knot in a situation that might be a slightly more time dependent or are you going to just secure them and then cut their rope? Um, also, when we cut ropes, we have less control of how that load gets transferred from one scenario to the other. There's kind of a, a cut and drop, you know, versus if we have a scenario where we're releasing a load, okay, and we can lower someone down or whatever it is, we have way more control. Even with hauling, like you can haul and then haul somebody up and then downhaul somebody into another system as a way of releasing that load. So once again, with more control. So having more control is pretty key because if you kind of dynamically load a system, you know, you're more apt to have something that's not sitting quite right because the system's not loaded and then it also gets loaded dynamically. It puts a little bit more wear and tear, like say on other parts of the system that may be contacting edges. So there's a lot of problems with dynamically loading a system like that, but it is actually a pretty viable um, solution at times. So that's why it's worth carrying um, a very sharp, good knife on your harness. But I think those are the three pillars in my mind. So when you think about building a haul system, right, oftentimes you'll need some sort of way of grabbing the rope pretty much all the time, right? So that's our friction hitches. We might not need to do the munter hitch or the mule hitch, but we might. We might use a munter hitch as part of a belay in a system that we're hauling, right? So maybe we ganged on a mechanical advantage system to a tension rope, and then we haul enough rope through um, so that tension rope between the friction hitch and the anchor is now slack, and then we put a munter hitch in so we can actually use it as a belay, and we might choose to tie off that, that system to go hands-free, like to reset the... Um, the um, ganged on system is one example, right? That's pretty common, right? Certainly, if we're going to build a uh, releasable rappel, we need to know a munter hitch and a mule hitch. You know, if we're going to do like a, a belay transfer, say in a base managed scenario, um, we might not need to do any of those if, we, if we're crafty and we kind of look for um, easier solutions like unweighted blade transfers. But if we're dealing with weighted blade transfers, we're going to at least need to use a friction hitch in that scenario. We may use other tools. So once again, it's not that we're going to use every one of those three pillars in every scenario that's a little bit more of an intervention or rescue, quote unquote. But we're certainly going to probably most likely use at least one of them. So um, especially when ten systems are under tension. 
um, or we're doing something as a um, forethought, like a releasable repel, like we're building the releasability into the system to solve a problem later that if it arises. So I think that's something worth thinking about is understanding those skills, but also understanding them really well. So think about the thing about a munter hitch. There's a lot of ways to tie a munter hitch. You can tie a munter hitch in the air and put it on your carabiner. You can tie a munter hitch directly onto a carabiner. And there's a couple of ways you can do that too. So the big thing with understanding like that piece is like making sure that when the when the munter hitch is loaded on the carabiner and the system's under load, we're not putting excessive twists in the system. So kind of clipping the munter hitch in well or tying it on the carabiner well. Little things like, you know, grabbing the load strand and pulling the load strand so the munter hitch flips into its loaded mode and then tension the munter hitch by grabbing the tongue of the munter hitch and pulling the strands tight there, much like you would adjust a clove hitch, and then tying it off is really key. So little subtleties in those systems. So if we don't actually work those subtleties of tying the munter hitch well, orienting it to the, the, the load um, in its loaded mode, and then pulling all the slack out of the system as we can before we tie it off, we're in a situation where all of a sudden, even though everything else is technically correct, we might have too much stretch and elongation in the system to actually do what we need to do because we weren't really precise and accurate with how we tied that munter hitch. The other thing with that is the mule hitch, right? So being able to tie a mule hitch on a rope that's untensioned, which actually gets people more than a tensioned rope because it's, it's sometimes it's hard to, some people will tie the, with the wrong strand because now the system's not under tension, so they just grab the wrong rope. So it's kind of, once again, looking at the system, following it through, grabbing the correct strand and tying it. But being able to tie a mule hitch on a tensioned rope so when you tie it and let it go, and then pop it out that the load never shifts even a half inch is a good skill to have. So a lot of people can tie a mule hitch pretty well, but they can't tie it with that level of precision and accuracy. And that can be really important too. So understanding how to do that um, is really, really key. So once again, being precise and accurate with that skill is important. Sometimes that's less important with a rescue piece even though it can be once again if you don't if if things aren't tied really well in terms of their precision accuracy and all of a sudden systems kind of slide and shift until they get blocked once again sometimes in certain technical rescue things when you're dealing with a little bit of space the difference between an inch and um and not is the difference between being able to do something and not so sometimes just that's a big deal but where that really comes in play is like tying somebody off who's really nervous, right? And then releasing that in a way that they don't feel any drop. It's amazing when someone's nervous how much they'll feel a half inch of difference in the rope shift. Um, And, you know, ultimately the goal in some of these situations to calm people down, not amp them up. So being really, really conscious of that is pretty key. And then we think about friction hitches, right? Same deal. Like I've seen plenty of people tie friction hitches technically correct in terms of how they've actually applied it to the rope, but they didn't dress them well. So therefore they didn't really perform well, right? They didn't grab the rope as well as they should have, or they grabbed the rope too much, right? Because they didn't really understand the concept of adding or subtracting wraps and maybe choosing friction hitches that are more appropriate for the task. And then all of a sudden they're relying on this friction hitch and it becomes unmanageable. Either they're just not catching when it needs to, 
and they didn't check it and they didn't tie it well, or it's catching too much when they don't want it to. So just knowing those skills is one thing, but the refinement of those skills to actually apply them in a situation like some sort of technical intervention or rescue is pretty key because you want them to be precise and accurate and timely right then and there. You don't have time to redo things over and over and over again. So I think that's pretty key about that. And then once again, just those are just building blocks, right? Those are the building blocks of creating a solution for that given technical scenario. So you may use all of them. You may use one of them. If you're really smart, you, you'll avoid the situation altogether and you won't have to use any of them. Um, but it's definitely a uh, worthwhile skills playing around with um, and trying to get them dialed in and learn a bunch of different ways to do each one of those skills because there's like more than one way to tie a mule hitch, for example. I think the way that most people are taught and is typically taught in a book, to me, it's a little bit harder than it needs to be. Um, I have a different way, which makes more sense to me, and it's really easy to get it super precise and accurate. But once again, it doesn't really matter how you do it as long as you do it well. It's precise and accurate and timely and does what you want it to do. Um, that's more important than the actual method. So anyway, the, <laughs> the three pillars of technical rescue. Now you just have to build the Lego block system to get the, the system you need to solve the solution, solve the problem that you're dealing with at the moment.